2: This is Everything Elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all the Elite Wrestling and the Elite Extended Universe. I'm A.B. Uh, for one more week, our friend Nate is on assignment, but Mike Spears is here. What's up, Mike? Hey, y'all. It's your old pal, Iron Mike Spears.
3: Uh, you know, it's been a interesting weekend for me, uh, just did not expect miami to win yesterday i fell asleep during that game like right after i flipped over from dynamite i I fired off that tweet about the acc is the kid with the uh, knife running around an above ground pool and us the viewers are the parents but yeah miami got a top 25 win yesterday which is kind of insane uh Considering the status of the team, uh, the dog is crazy. Uh, luckily, he's taking a nap right now, but it's been, it's been a long one for me as of late. How have you been?
2: Hey, basically the same. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> different reasons, but yeah, long and uh, yeah, just a lot. So it was nice to sit down last night and, and watch some Holy Wrestling Dynamite. And uh get mad about Bobby Fish instead of, you know, the normal things that I'm mad about. So I I mean, well we have someone else
3: you can get mad about now that seems to be on the way. If if you want to get mad about someone else, Aaron, we we have options here and apparently (sighs) if you just go and look at the two thousand and fourteen Dragon Gate USA slash evolve roster, there you
2: go. As a friend of ours said in a DM to me today, are we sure Gabe didn't get fired?
3: I mean, it, it, if we start getting uh, Caleb Conley and, and Scott Reed, then I know for certain Gabe has been fired. If the scene starts showing up, that's when we're like, okay, now we, we, we got to have a talk with Tony Khan at that point. If uh,
2: Harlem Bravado suddenly jumps, I'm going to be worried. Oh, you mean Andre Chase University? I, have, I don't know. Is that his name and.
3: I have seen GIFs, and apparently he's playing annoying college professor right now. Wow. And, and vaunted NXT two can, can we just take a moment and acknowledge like how insane <laughs> that one, like less than a year ago, it was still like all right, NXT is getting its ass kicked, but you know, it still looks like NXT to this now where uh where we have Rick Steiner's son, does not is not allowed to be called uh Rex Steiner his name which is a great wrestling name but just acts like a signer without it uh joe gacy is the most safe person from evolve history because he's playing a liberal uh college professor like there's a lot of college professors going on here and you know the big storyline is if a serial killer is humping or not
2: wow i'm really out of touch with nxt 2.0 i knew about joe gacy the, this is the all stuff I, I
3: discovered on Twitter. This is all stuff on mm. Twitter. I've not watched a second of this. You know my my, my personal code sure. about watching WWE. This sure. is all what I've been consumed by Twitter. But yes, Joe Joe Casey the Unwanted. You know for last evolved tag team champion maybe. Now that I don't know,
2: can't speak to sure. that. I'm just uh, gonna I, say
3: last evolved champion Joe <laughs> yeah, Gacy. Just
2: just say it. I, okay, so there was that picture going around with Gabe with i think carmelo hayes yes yeah is is his wwe name which that i don't know what it is about that like everybody in nxt and wwe gets like insane just very dumb names right but something about carmelo hayes just like tickles this very weird part of my brain that every i mean people are probably annoyed of it by now but every time i type it i have to put it in quotation marks because that's just i don't know i just carmelo hayes it just seems like a particularly fake name to me for some reason yeah and he had
3: a great independent name christian casanova that's a wrestling name you know (laughs) carmelo hayes i don't know i mean they have hit gold on one name that I, I found out about that uh, how it tickles your brain, how Carmelo Hayes tickles your brain, Odyssey Jones tickles my brain mm. all time great wrestling name Odyssey Jones.
2: That does sound like a, a territory territory guy, Odyssey Jones. Yeah odyssey jones
3: you know that they had a maxwell street fight with uh one man gain for fritz last week you know i mean it's been blowing up the territory they've done it in dallas fort worth abilene waco you know that that's that's what you think of when you hear the name
2: odyssey jones i can imagine a world where rufus jones was instead known as odyssey jones i think that would have been that would have been good. Yes. There or like we go. A, a different you know if he got out of the freight train gimmick and went you know went a different way, maybe Odyssey would have been his new his new gimmick. Oh uh, my point about Carmelo Hayes, Carmelo Hayes, uh, is that there was that picture of him with Gabe with the title, right, with some title. I don't know. Is, is Carmelo Hayes on Raw? I mean, on like main roster programming, or is he on NXT?
3: I believe he's only on NXT 2.0. We just say it by its full government name, NXT <laughs> yes,
2: 2.0. Okay, so anyway, I don't know when they won the tag titles, but there's a picture of Gabe doing the Triple H finger point. Uh, so, you know, he went with uh, Carmelo Hayes holding the title. So he's at least, he was at least still there when they won the titles, presumably. But uh, it's possible that Gabe is shadow booking AEW, I think. What if he shadow booked the entire Wednesday night War, wow. both sides of it? Yes, that's like um, Gabe's book of secrets come to life.
3: Volume two, we get a new binder and we're going to talk about Tyler Black <laughs> winning the ROH championship when he wants that to happen.
2: <laughs> oh, jeez! All right. Well, we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff. I feel confident on this show. Uh make sure you're following us on Twitter at everythingaew. I'm at Aaron like the car. Uh the missing mate is at Epitasis, and Mike is at Fujiheya. Uh frankly we're just I mean there was stuff that that came up uh for Nate that just made the uh conflict with these weird weekend shows. But also I think we're trying to normalize among the three of us just taking a week off sometimes. <laughs> so Yeah. Uh you know, maybe there'll be times when one of the three of us isn't on here so we'll see. Uh subscribe to our podcast please. Uh, make sure you type in everything elite on whatever podcast app you use and subscribe and hold tight to that feed and check us out every time it comes out. Uh give us a rating and review, a 5-star rating and review if you use the Apple podcast app. Subscribing, rating, reviewing are all things that help other people find the podcast. So, you know, that's just the friendly, the neighborly thing to do. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do so is to go to patreon.com slash everything elite. We got lots of good stuff up there that we'll talk about later. But we'll kick off the show as is customary with elite or delete. If you're a new listener, we just talk about what we thought was good or what was bad from the show. It's a pretty simple concept that we've been doing for uh, a long time now. Uh, But it is what we do. We also have listener elites and deletes. And if you want to uh, have yours featured on the show, you just got to sign up for the Patreon and jump in the Discord where we have a channel for Elite or Delete. Uh, Mike, you know, it's big two weeks for you getting to go first on yeah. Elite or Delete. So hit us, bud. What was your favorite part of the show this week?
3: I think that I'm going to combine these two. I think the pinnacle stuff on the show between Wardlow getting an accountability buddy, MJF and Sting, and just everything with that. It it was something that like the matches when we get into the matches, there was stuff in the matches that was solid. Some of the matches that, you know, were not. But I came away with this for a feud that I mean MJF has like a track record with his feuds. You you anticipate certain things with it at this point. L- like we've we've been down the MJF versus a super baby face road a lot. And I like the little spin that like they're kind of like putting on this with sting coming out here i'm looking at my spreadsheet because i'm now taking notes in a spreadsheet trying to save trees and uh i, I just want to read two lines that i have written down for you aaron which will get you why i really enjoyed this this is for the uh, sting and the mjf uh story or segment uh cocaine incest and gun violence is one is one cell then right after that i have in all caps which is something because i was doing this on my phone so i really felt this you sell for the jacket tin man don't remember what the jacket cell was for but i came away with this just thoroughly enjoying this uh we get the wrinkle of that the pinnacle just seems very scattered right now with uh w- with mjf doing his quarterly mad at uh, wardlow storyline uh FTR right now they're doing FTR things that they want the Lucha Brothers they're kind of doing that thing and it's all kind of formed around this uh, MJF versus Darby storyline which is something that I'm I'm excited to see where this feud goes because I feel like that these two really do mesh with each other while entering and promo wise and I came away with Saturday pretty impressed with what they have been trying to accomplish with the
2: storyline. I'll tell you what I liked was that MJF had on a purple shirt instead of a black dress shirt, which I hate. Uh, he looked nice, and everyone was coordinated. We had uh, you know various shades of purple on everyone, Wardlow and Sean Spears, I mean. And uh, they looked nice together. It looked like a cohesive unit. I appreciated that. I thought this was pretty effective also because the fans wanted Darby to show up to save Sting. They expected Darby. Darby to show up to save Sting and they didn't get it. So I think that cranks up the tension and the the interest for Darby's eventual return. Uh my fantasy booking of Darby's return is that he should show up wearing, you know, in the front row, and he has it's kinda like what they did with the uh on on this show, I think. Maybe it was on Rampage, I don't remember exactly, where the guys in the front row had the Las Superanas masks on. That was on Rampage, right? Yeah. It all runs together. And they should do that again. But it, So it's MJF. Same thing, right? MJF is out there. Baby Sting's out there. MJF looks, and there's a guy in the front row wearing a mask that looks like Darby Allen with, like, the half face paint, right? And MJF goes over there to inspect. The guy rips off the mask, and it's Darby Allen under the mask. Yes. The, the,
3: the, the, the impact's angle from years ago that is lampoon and gifts, right?
2: Yes. The, the sting takes off the sting mask and it's actually sting. That's exactly what I'm suggesting they should do.
3: I, I like it. I like it, especially considering that they are building next week as a Halloween edition, you know, I exactly. mean, exactly. it's spooky times. People are already talking about costumes and why not Darby uh, wear a costume as his self, you know, uh, why not do that? N- no, no. I, I think you're absolutely right. Like the, the, the crowd willing Darby to be there and holding off for a week, and then next week Darby and Darby face mask being there. I think that the, in Boston, I think that that's like the right move to do that. Like be able to capitalize on this because like, that's what this crowd, that this was an anticipation segment, right? Like we, we use this segment or they use this segment to further build the crowd anticipation for Darby versus MJF. And I think that they just completely knocked it out of, of the park there, when you like look at a lot of stuff on the story or in the show that felt a little bit like disconnected, the MJF and Darby stuff felt very connected right now.
2: So, is that the full gear match, MJF versus Darby? I feel like that that's
3: probably what's going to happen, though. I would almost want MJF and Wardlow versus Sting and Darby at this point, you know, because Sting would want to get his hands on them too. And that opens you up to be doing a whole lot of different things there. Well, like, I feel like it's either one or the other. I'd rather have the tag match at this point.
2: Hmm, I like that idea because I was thinking, you know, MJF has basically very rarely lost in this company. He's extremely protected. Darby is not that protected, but he is a big star. So that's, you run the risk. You know, if you run MJF, Darby, I assume MJF would win. Darby is just coming off another loss. So I don't know when you beat Darby too much, but there comes a time when you have beaten Darby too much for sure.
3: I, I think a lot of like beating Darby too much or not being enough is when he's being beaten by people that should be below his station and he doesn't lose to people below his station. He had to lose the title to Miro, you know what I mean? And then like stepping stone losses, like losing a CM Punk, is not going to hurt Darby. Like that's totally fine there. But if it's something where it's going to be like Darby versus jungle boy and, then Jungle Boy gets the, beats Darby, then you have that question.
2: That's true. Yeah, I don't mind if he... Obviously, I think, I think MJF is the bigger star long-term between the two of them. I mean, MJF talks about that five-year contract. <laughs> well, I guess what I'm saying is I, I think the company is more behind MJF as a future star. They anticipate yeah. him being the bigger star than Darby, but Darby has kind of just willed himself into stardom or the fans have willed him into stardom. So I'm not sure they're going to be able to stop that.
3: Yeah, I, I think like the difference there is that MJF is kind of someone that you do want to not necessarily like handhold or have your fingerprints all of but like, he, as we've seen over the two years when he has a direct a direction and it's focused and it's not completely just, just ranting for like a 10 minute promo. He is great. It's just something that he needs to be like focused and handled for lack of better terms. Darby is someone you, how do you handle Darby as a character? You can't. You so can't. of
2: course you can't teach that. No, no, you can't handle Darby. That's for sure. All right. I like that one. Uh, my elite pick for this week was just the two of us. So I have to go next for sure. I'm, I want to talk about the women's match. I want to talk about a women's match featuring Ruby Soho. Now, you and I, Mike, I were early adopters of Penelope Ford being actually good. I think that's right. fair to say. Mm-hmm. And frankly, she has um mishandled our trust a little recently, and you know, I was kind of stepping back off of that limb of like, wait, you know, have I been too supportive of the Penelope Ford experience? But unrelated to this match, I was talking earlier this week on Twitter, maybe it was during Rampage, I think it was during Rampage, that the the biggest disservice that AW does to the women's division is the way they book and lay out matches because what's happening often doesn't make sense for the development or the strengths of the people who are in the match. The Britt Baker and Anna Jay match was a great example of that, where they're trying to do these like, fast uh, exchanges of pinfalls and moves and it's like neither of them is capable of that of doing it at like a high level so i said you got a a handful of people who are very good to excellent in the women's division and i was even very polite in who i included so i said thunder rosa hikaru shida jamie Hayter, chris statlander ruby soho emmy sakura and because even though I don't agree with this, a lot of people do think Serena Deeb is also very good to excellent. So my point was you take those people and you make sure they are in every one of them is in every match on television until you've, you know, increased your depth in the division. Uh, do more tags, more trios, et cetera. But you put one of them in there because they can help the other person. So Penelope Ford comes out, has a match with Ruby Soho, and you're like, oh, yeah, Penelope Ford is good. So I forget who said this. uh, So I'm sorry for not crediting you, but they said, oh yeah, Penelope Ford is very good when she's the second best person in the match. And that's hundred percent true. This played to her strengths because Ruby could do the heavy lifting and Penelope could do what she's good at. So I love this match. I thought it was a good step for the division. Of course, you know, there often are a step forward and three steps back with this thing, but this is proof of concept. Do this. Keep doing it. And I think everybody will ultimately get better and succeed more.
3: Yeah, no, you're absolutely dead on here. And it's something that sadly we don't see enough in uh, American or Canadian like pro wrestling and major pro wrestling is the idea of, all right, we're going to be doing on the job training and do it in a way that's not trying to get you over as number one goal. But it's also you want to get the wrestler over, but you also want to, you know, flush out their wrestling ability. Like, they maybe know the basics, they know X, Y, and Z, but you're not going to know th- so many things from just training or squashes. You need to go and have actual matches. And, Aaron, if you remember, like, I would say early 2020, it, this might have been, like, a Patreon show, to be quite honest, but I remember us talking about, like, Future of the Women's Division on something, and I said, if you're really wanting to, like, see, like, the, uh, this come together with a roster as is you're gonna have to give this two to three years to get people to that speed it, it, it's based off of your concept of like having thunder rosa hikaru Shida, jamie hater chris soho uh chris satlander ruby soho Emmy sakura and others that like the the fact that you have rio mizunami over right now the fact that i don't if this is going to be a spoiler for someone, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say her name anyways. The fact that Riho's back in the country and is working dark, like these are the things that need to be happening. It's just because you look at this to build up your own native roster. Like these are like, like if you ask me, I think that Kylan King should be having matches with Jamie Hater or a program Jamie Hater right now and be attached basically to her for the next six months. Like, you you want to, like, kind of do stuff like that and do it on the job. So you're absolutely right about this. And this is, like, something that I have not lost my faith in Penelope Ford, but I am someone that when I, like, see certain things happening in the match, or, like, certain things matching, like, my expectations immediately change. And I immediately go, and I go, like, I turn off my brain. I'm like, all right, no, this is going to be a clusterfuck. This is not going to be a match that she's really going to step forward. This wasn't this. This was a good match, and, you know, for a title tournament that I think a lot of people have questions about, just in general, just the overall TBS title tournament. It was smart of them to, like, have, like, a match that was going to hit. Like, this match was going to be good, and it was smart leading off that match.
2: Yeah, I mean, think even about Brit's run. Who are her best matches with? Hikaru Shida, Thunder Rosa?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm, I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Brit has improved a lot, but she also... Just became a bigger star, which covers a whole lot of sins when, you know, expect like in that Rampage match, she turns to the camera and winks. Or I guess the camera is on her and she winks. That kind of shit makes you forget about the shitty 80%. speed uh segment that they just had in the match because you're like oh yeah this person rocks who cares she's got all the charisma in the world so well
3: well, you're over you don't have to be a good wrestler when you're fucking over and she's realized that and it works and she's become a decent enough wrestler that when you add in her being over and her understanding charisma and her own charisma pieces a passable record wrestler to someone that becomes must see
2: right yeah it's You know, in over the past however many years and nowadays, you have to get over a lot of times by being a very good wrestler. That's often the easiest way to get over. Uh, And But everyone who does, as you watch over time, they stop doing those big spots that got them over, you know, because they don't have to anymore because now they're over on some other level. So use these other wrestlers like they did here to help these other women get better, but also to get them more over right Penelope comes out and gets no reaction whatsoever on this show. But if people start to invest in her it's like, Oh, she's better than I thought she was like, that's a reasonable way to get her over uh, in a way that this fucking story with the bunny is not getting her over. Yeah, because
3: it's something that, you know, gives you a reason to watch a match other than, uh, like, you're watching the match first. Like, I remember that Penelope Forks, I remember the match that kind of clicked for me, at least. It was the cruise ship match. It was her and Kip versus Riho and Kenny Omega. And I was like, all right, no, it's just, you know, she she's just someone that you can't just throw in here all alone. But she has the, I, I say this a lot, she has something, so you might as well, like, see what you have in it. And being able just to show that you have something is enough i feel like in this promotion (laughs) in a way at times you know now if we want to talk about like who's getting tv time and who's not getting tv time in comparison if they have something or not have something we have that written on the whiteboard to talk about one day when it's a slow week on AEW, like exclusively on patreon so interesting stuff like this is this is a topic that i feel like we could probably talk for like an hour and 15 minutes just about this we really
2: uh that's for sure i I was thinking on another early Patreon or sometime Patreon show, my idea was like SmackDown 6. Like you have these wrestlers. And at that time, it was just have them wrestle each other every week. Just give us a really good women's match every week. Now you have enough people that you got six or seven people you can pair with others. and But do a similar thing where it's like, look, okay, in the men's division, do we see the same goddamn people every week? Of course we do. Because those are the biggest stars and the best at what they do. So... No reason why you got to just throw two random women out there for your weekly women's match. Anyway. All right. Listener Elite comes from our friend Tharos, who... And uh, there were a couple people who mentioned this one. Uh, Brandon Cutler, his performance on <laughs> Dynamite. I know you're a big Brandon Cutler fan, Mike.
3: Yeah, no. Uh I am someone that I have a discerning taste when it comes to comedy wrestling. I have seen great comedy wrestlers i watch a great comedy wrestler in dragon gate once a week uh the former soccer Takawa. i love great comedy wrestling i'm not a no fun police person i just think that a lot of what people view as comedy wrestling at least in north america's utter shit brandon cutler might have become one of the best comedy wrestlers in north america over the last like six months and he just was on full display just he's great at eating shit and doing like little things like the way he gets like super excited going for like his uh, springboard elbow drop that he does just cracks me up he is just great he, now he can play off the face mask you play off the cold spray all time great flunky brandon cutler thoros and the people of discord are dead on about it like i if Brandon Cutler's in a match aaron don't you get a little bit excited is this this is my version of whenever you get the you get the opening rush about hearing it's all about the boom like when i see brandon cutler on screen i get happy it's kind of hard not to do with brandon cutler in my opinion
2: absolutely you know it's going to be a good time like when i was bitching about uh, the the Britt Baker and a J match or whatever women's match, and I made the point that like they wouldn't do Jungle Boy versus Griff Garrison on TV, and what I meant was they wouldn't do Jungle Boy versus Griff Garrison and give him twelve minutes. So if you do Jungle yeah. Boy versus Brandon Cutler and it's going to be two minutes or whatever it was, which was perfect, Cutler is fine, you know, but he's not. You don't want to watch him go fifty-fifty with Jungle Boy for ten minutes, you know, right? So yeah, this was perfect. He's funny. He's entertaining. He is. I mean, it's amazing that brandon cutler is one of the most magnetic personalities they put on their television like you've got to watch this guy when he's doing his thing because he does a lot of little things that are very good
3: yeah no i mean it's something that like he adds a lot to the elite act when he is by himself he does just like the right amount of stuff there he's enough of a fundamentally good wrestler that he understands like i could just add this to my stuff and it still looks great and you know it's it's something that like he's not going to have 12 minute matches like off your point like it's just not the purpose here but having like a five minute total squash where he then gets clowned upon and gets his ass kicked to 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 like feature more deeply in a in a bigger story that's perfect use of him like that's what you should be using a flunky like like this is like how you have a someone in your group that's going to be eating all the pinfalls but he's also going to remain over because he's just so
2: entertaining so it it was just was a true accomplishment there like brandon Brandon color is great for sure tony khan definitely getting Uh, the best bang for his buck with Brandon Cutler. And when it comes to gambling, you always want to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. That's why you should bet with MyBookie. Uh, Over at MyBookie, you can bet on all your favorite sports. They got exclusive promotions, contests, and more uh, to find your winning bet. And when you make your first deposit with MyBookie, you will instantly receive double that deposit, double your first deposit. It's easy. All you got to do is go to MyBookie.ag, sign up, use our promo code, elite and my bookie will double your first deposit instantly up to one thousand dollars how's that for fast money and you can use your extra funds to bet on this week's biggest games including the battle between the chiefs and the titans where airmail offense takes on smash mouth football look for the score to run up quickly bet the over they just giving out free tips in this uh ad copy now I mean, so that game is
3: currently underway. You can do live betting with my bookie as well. Like right That's now, true. right now it's twenty-seven to three Titans in the third quarter, and they've set a new over/under. And the great thing about like live over/under and live sports betting is it adjusts to a game. So the uh, the game timeline might have already been destroyed one way or another, but you can still like say at this point, like the live spread is Chiefs plus twenty. 0.5 and it's like all right i can see if they get one more score and keep this close it still has a lot of action there on my bookie of course aaron you know for me this is a big few weeks for me the biggest the the biggest athletic competition in the world's happening right now right now in Reykjavik Iceland and uh you know there's a big game that's going to happen tomorrow that uh, that i've been really hyped for i want you to pick between these four teams all right four teams i want to get your league of legends world champions just right now okay cloud nine gen g esports Damwon kia gaming or edward gaming
2: all right when we say kia do we mean like like the sport like the uh yes. car maker
3: yes but they are partially owned by kia hmm I'm gonna I am going to got to go with the Kia team. I'm going Kia. Demon won today, 3-0. yes. and yes. you know they are right now have a big semifinals matchup against uh, T1, formerly known as SK T- Telecom T1, because in Asia they all get bought by actual corporations, you know, like sure. telephones, uh, Kia cars. Whereas in the United States they had a big argument happening because of cryptocurrency. Want to include crypto in titles? So there we go. But you can bet on all of that on in my bookie.
2: Absolutely. Now, the promotion for doubling your deposit is only available for a limited time, so don't miss out. You just head to mybookie.ag, use our promo code ELITE, and secure your double deposit bonus today. That's promo code ELITE, so you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. All right, let's talk about what we didn't like from the show last night. Mike, what would you delete from this episode? Yeah, uh, this was a pretty wild episode
3: dynamite like this this had a, a baseline of how i usually expect their weekend dynamites to be like energy wise and all of that um i'm just gonna bury something we talked up top there wasn't a lot of stuff that stuck out to me as incredibly egregious however i do want to actually no i'm not gonna talk about this i i'm, I'm pulling an audible right here all right Men of the Year and this inner circle storyline the fact that uh samuel guevara is putting up like leaving the inner circle as a stipulation in this tnt title match against ethan page like it does it has no meaning now like he's left the group and has come back before they've already said that this group is not going to ever break up like it's always going to be a thing that happens why should anyone buy that as a stipulation like, there's no reason in the world that, like, if Sammy Guevara said, you're going to leave the inner circle forever, Sammy should be like, oh, okay, yeah, that, that's cool. Because we've known that he'll just walk right back in. There, There's, like, no power to that stake here. And it's something that, like, it seems like they're already kind of changing. Like, they they wanted to originally do, like, open challenge Sammy. And now we're getting him versus Ethan Page here. Like, that's a real uh, wrestle circus main event, if you ask me. And just very hard for me to get into. And I, and, I, dumb stipulation just
2: dumb in my opinion that is a dumb stipulation i agree with that completely i for somebody who has no interest in watching ethan page wrestle i don't mind the match at all because i like this story the the feud is hot and you know continuing interplay between that seems reasonable to me and you know the inner circle guys want this five-on-five match so to get it they're making Sammy put his title on the line against one of their dudes. you know, that's wrestling. That seems normal. But you have to come up with something that makes it seem like Sammy could lose the match. I don't, you know, there doesn't seem like any possibility that Sammy loses this match to Ethan Page, at least to me. Uh, So you got to come up with a, a stipulation that puts that in doubt, but also makes it to where you're intrigued you're compelled at like what is the outcome of this match going to be and this definitely wasn't enough to do it uh 100 and i'm not sure i mean i was as dan Labor was saying it, i was like huh i wonder what he's going to come up with here like uh presumably this will be fun but that definitely wasn't one that got me going
3: yeah like it's something that like sammy wins the match he gets to pick the att guys makes perfect sense for like the victor being like all right I don't want to face Junior Dos Santos again. We've done that. That's not fun. Give me some of the give me some of your featherweights out there. We're bigger than those. Well, like that makes whole sense, but like what kind of stipulation really could it have been like I I I feel like that it's an unneeded stipulation because the fact is, is that it's a title match. Like the idea is like trying to entice Sammy into this match. What entices Sammy by saying you must lo- leave your unit, nothing there. You have the AT thing. So what stipulation he loses, he loses his title. You don't need to do anything else. It was fine. It was right. Just unnecessary.
2: Right. You're right. It's just like, he's already putting up his title and he's already getting something that he presumably wants, which is this five on five match. So you don't need to add anything. I, I like, as you mentioned, adding this, well, you get to pick the three guys in the five-on-five. Like, that adds something fun. Uh, but, you know, pr- you know, if they had to add something else, it could have been something about what the Inner Circle team was going to be in this five-on-five, right. you know? So, yeah, I agree with you. It doesn't really make a lot of sense and uh, doesn't add any interest in the match for me. So, don't really get the point of it. <sighs> All right. I'm uh, going back into the well. One more time, folks, for my delete pick. I'm deleting Bobby Fish. I'm just doing it. Uh, people got very mad the last time <laughs> I was. Uh, talked about how much I hate Bobby Fish. I-, I thought it was my
3: time to bury Bobby Fish here. I thought well, I was going to take the bullet this time. Thank you for jumping in front of me then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, Nate did it after me, and now I'm going to do it again. Here's the thing. Bobby Fish is not like offensively bad as a wrestler whatsoever like he's 100 percent fine but after next week they will have put him on tv for in matches four times this month four times it, you would have a hard time finding like top stars who worked dynamite four times in a month like in matches and oh god the idiot i mean So I posted that to get three singles matches for Britt Baker, you'd have to go back to April and people just the dumbest people on earth replied to this and quote tweeted it. And we're Mm -hmm. like, well, uh, she's the champion and champions don't wrestle. I fucking know how they book champions idiots. What I'm saying (laughs) is I was trying to be somewhat fair by using the biggest star in the women's division that she Mm -hmm. doesn't wrestle that often on dynamite had i you know i looked at former champions i was like oh let me look at the former champions if you picked nyla rose you'd go back to april if you picked sheeta you'd go back to april if you picked rio you go back to fucking 2020 but that's a different conversation it has nothing to do with her being the champion my point was the women that they really focus on never get those kind of matches and fucking Bobby Fish is now getting one every goddamn week. And it's not just the women. Nate did a tweet that was showing how long certain people had not wrestled on Dynamite. And it's lots of people who have not wrestled in a long time on Dynamite. And you got Bobby Fish up here and Bobby Fish adds nothing, zero to this company. There are a hundred guys in this company, who are as good a wrestlers as Bobby Fish, a hundred. I, it's- I, if if we're counting people who just work dark, I probably mean that literally one hundred. So he's not charismatic whatsoever. His mm-hmm. wrestling is fine. You got plenty of people who can do that. As far as I know, I, you know, maybe Mookie will tell me later that you know he's a big draw, and I, I don't realize it. What does this guy add? The, the biggest thing, this is all everybody's talking about after Punk, Danielson, uh, all these guys come in to AEW, is there's going to be a huge fight for screen time. Guys like Sammy Guevara kind of getting pushed out or, or whoever, you know, who you would expect them to focus on. That's true. They are full of people, huge roster lot of competition for TV time. How the fuck does Bobby Fish deserve all this time?
3: And it's something where, like, all right, last week he faced Lee Moriarty. That's a match that you'd be like, all right, at the very least, like, we were talking about people wrestling with people better than them. Uh, and in my opinion, Lee Moriarty is much better than Bobby Fish right now. But, like, you can see, like, the logic there that, like, Lee's new to the company. This is, like, a win that, you know, sets up uh, Bobby Fish for the Danielson match. but you look at like at the rest of this and it, he better be some sleeper ratings hit at this point considering the amount of real estate they've given to this guy who was not a draw in NXT uh Ring of Honor he he was not the elite so he was not a draw in Ring of Honor at that time he's never been a draw anywhere and he's someone with a clock that's more ticking on it than someone else in this company i mean it, it it's one of those things that like is are we carving like this niche for like people just because of like past cred, which, you know, there's a certain level of like, all right. Yeah. well, Brian Danielson's is truly like the- Brian Danielson because he is Brian Danielson. Bobby Fish is not Brian Danielson. Bobby Fish is not CM Punk. Bobby Fish is not Dustin Rhodes. So why? And it's just one of those things that's like, what good other than like setting up a CM Punk match did this segment happen? Where my notes for this entire match were Bobby Fish squash the Retrosexual, Bobby Fish attack the Retrosexual, CM Punk defend the Retrosexual. Like that didn't need to be a match. That didn't even need to happen there. Well, like it's one of those things that you, with a company that has a very kind of strict like framework, what does having one match taken up by Bobby Fish after a month that he's been all over the place, really accomplish. Uh, Because it looks like to me that you could have done more than enough to set up Bobby Fish versus CM Punk without having a match here and then giving the match to, like, another TBS title tournament match. Of course, they wouldn't because they only have one women's match on the show, but they would have the opportunity to nonetheless.
2: And what's the point of CM Punk versus Bobby Fish? Why does that match happen? Why does that exist? Punk needs to, like, get in a
3: storyline. like it's
2: But even if you don't have a storyline...
3: Yeah, this isn't a storyline worth getting.
2: No, and give me Punk versus somebody who might learn something from Punk, who, like, the experience would be helpful to them in some way. Get some sort of star power rub off of it. Not Bobby Fish. Anything. I, I just, I cannot sort it, except... That it reeks, and this is like, I feel bad comparing this person to Bobby Fish, but it reeks of the Christian thing where it's like a guy that Tony just loved at a certain time. He was just a a favorite of certain types of people, and I think Bobby Fish is similar in a much different way. Christian was obviously an actual star and actually drew money in wrestling, but it reeks of like, oh, at a certain time, I was very fond of this guy, so now I get to put him on my television show. Which, you know, I guess that's America. Congratulations. But (laughs) it's not fun for the rest of us. That's a capitalism. That is a capitalism, for sure. Anyway, uh, as, you know, our friend Judge Jeff Jones wrote on the YouTube uh, video title, CM Punk and the rest of us are sick of seeing Bobby Fish. We're tired of it. Do you think
3: think that Judge Jeff Jones slipped that one by? Maybe there's a little bit of personal feeling going on there. <laughs> the judge. Man. Is he gonna like bring out sit justice at this point? God.
2: Now that I would I would pop for that. See, that's the thing. What I'm really mad about is that I want to be the son of a billionaire who runs my own wrestling company. So I can book the guys I liked. That's really what I would want to see. I mean, uh, Loki low-key would be the champion of my company. Uh, I would just do the dumb shit that he wanted to do so that he wouldn't walk out, you know, just just the guys I like is what I really would like to see. I mean, if I had the power here, I'm basically going to restart Dragon Gate
3: USA, but make it good this time. You know, I mean, we uh, we all wish that we would be able to have the screen time and the seemingly infinite chipbook to sign people that were a part of acts that we liked as kids or as young people. But, you know. We don't live in that world, sadly, but we do live in a world that someone does get to do that, and Bobby Fish is all over AEW programming because of that.
2: Man, it's fucking brutal. Absolutely brutal. Okay, the listener delete. Uh, I just, I really wanted to get your thoughts on this, Mike, is the reason I I picked it out. So, uh, our friend Guy, aka Super Deformed, is listener delete. Dirty sign guy getting ejected. So... If you're not familiar with Dirty Song Guy, there was a guy, and this, like, five people, maybe maybe more, ten people, maybe get this reference. But I swear to God, I thought it was Thomas Massey. He looked a lot like Thomas Massey to me. But he was, like, weirdly yelling. He was sitting down, like, on the hard cam side in, like, the third or fourth row. He was yelling at people, and then he started holding up signs. I think the first one was, I love twinks, and that quickly got taken away from him. He had one that said, cream pie me, Sammy, and that was taken away from him. Uh, And then ultimately, he was apparently just uh, told to leave the arena. So um, some people were pro his ejection. Some people were anti his ejection. Uh, Mike, where do you come down on dirty sign guy?
3: You just wanted to do this one to see if I was going to say cream pie on air, weren't you? (laughs) I'm just going to get that right out there, right there, and just... (laughs) i've already said it there uh <laughs> you know we live in a society and i believe that we live in a society that if someone wants to state their sexual predilections about twinks they should be able to now you, you can't go into a place of like a sign with just saying fuck you know like that's what like i think it kind of like this like i think in spirit i went dirty sign guy there everywhere but we live in a society and you know if you yell fire in a movie theater, I guess if you talk about wanting Sammy to cream pie, you're you just going to get the rest of the, uh, the rest of the audience too horny and not pay attention to wrestling. Apparently it's just too powerful
2: yeah all right well i mean the purpose of including this was solely to get you to talk about it and see what you would say so
3: i i mean i i cut you off the knees there i was not going (laughs) to squirm i'll I'll just i just said it within like the first sentence the 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 most i was going to get about it yeah no i mean what's your did you think that you should be able to have signs about getting cream pie by wrestlers at a wrestling show
2: at a wrestling show fine but on the hard cam side no it just like made me physically uncomfortable and i just did not want to keep looking at it so i was glad he was gone it's just how i feel fair enough yeah i still need to go back and i think it was last week where you said something about coming on this show so i need to go back and clip that still
3: (laughs) you're just gonna make a super cut of like the times that like i will like say things just because one i know it pops you and two because i know you're probably in the back your mind, like i'm
1: gonna get mike saying dirty things
2: (laughs) it does make me laugh i do enjoy it all right let's run down the rest of the show they kicked off with a match in the aw world title eliminator tournament brian danielson versus dustin rhodes and danielson was victorious with a guillotine choke we got a capital g and a capital m uh-
3: Good match. It was very deliberate and the first part of it, but it kept the crowd like you're able to do. Well, like that was like one of those things about Danielson going back to the American Dragon, is like, oh, keeping a crowd with it when he's doing deliberate like rib work. Like he was like driving knees into Dustin Rhodes partway through the match. And it was like, oh, that play is off in the end. But the crowd was for it there. Uh, And it's something here that I did have a line in my notes about that. I love twink sign that I first noticed in this match and camera cutting to Anthony Nice in the front row there during this. Uh But yeah, no, this was a, this was a fine match. This was having a good match. I like the fact that the knee work enabled Danielson to do the guillotine, but also apply body scissors where it's like, no, the body scissors isn't just about grounding him. He's already worked that asset there now he's really trying to squeeze out the oxygen at this point so I thought this was successful I mean having a good match to open up your show I mean that's pretty textbook AEW at this point
2: yes and I think a lot of people like this a lot more than I did and I don't want to be a a wet blanket I just had an idea in my mind of what it might be like and like the interesting ways you could do what Dustin Rhodes is good at versus the things that Brian Danielson is good at and that's what I really wanted to see. And, you know, something interesting where, you know, Dustin Rhodes is able to use uh, the shit he does to k- maybe get an advantage on Danielson early on. And you got to see Danielson work back or they've kind of already done the story where like, is Dustin Rhodes good enough still or whatever? So that's kind of a hard one to to pull out in this match too. But it was clear within like 30 seconds that they were just going to do a good match. And so I was like, okay, this is fine. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it's something that I mean.
3: This is a tournament that builds up, but Brian having good matches and Moxley being built up as his foil, it feels like. So I mean, this made sense for it, and then the other match, the result here made sense for because they're wanting some more good matches.
2: But very cool that Danielson continues to finish matches in different ways. I think that's a cool thing about what he's doing on this run, and it makes you definitely have to pay closer attention to his matches because you can't be sure when the finish is coming, except that it'll be at least 12 minutes after it starts.
3: Right, yeah. I, I mean, they should do like a flash Basakuni finish just so that people aren't like settling in and being like, all right, we wait until we get notice if they're going to do a time call for us to k- kind of really hone in on stuff. But I think that's why him like working, using the knees to the stomach to like set up an aspect to his finish kind of paid off in the match and kept it interesting in that regard.
2: Yeah. If you want to do true enokiism. There's got to be some five-minute matches that just end abruptly.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, we're going to need some people that are willing just to go and kick each other in the face and just get like this. Uh, you have ATT there, so you're, we're going to start booking them really strong. We're going to book ATT really strong, and then we could have the meme of Anoki in heaven, and uh, even though I know he's still alive, and Tony Khan saying, how I'm doing, boss, and you know it
2: works out well. Yeah, you can just do Danielson, you know, if you're uh, true in you just do Danielson versus Masvidal or whatever. (laughs) Danielson's going to sleep after 30 seconds, right? That's going to rock. Uh, Yeah, Tony Nese was there. The premier athlete was in the front row uh, looking like he was getting ready for a job interview. (laughs) Or Uh, a
3: christening like it
2: was had that energy. Man, here's the thing. Tony Nese is fine. You know, he's whatever. But it's like, what what does he add? I know I just said this about Bobby Fish, but what does Tony Nese add? So like, if you want to bring him in and he works some dark and whatever, that's that's all right, I guess. But as a TV presence?
3: his TV presence goes away after the first time you see him doing all of his like cool muscular shit. Right. Like it's something that you're like, Oh wait, this guy is incredibly jacked and he's popping four fifties. And it's, he's like a mini Brian cage and he's actually like to the T and, I don't mean to demean uh, Tony knees. He basically is a mini Brian cage. You already have Brian cage here. So like, why do you want to have someone who has the exact same issues but is smaller, <laughs> to be quite honest? And if you wanted to, like, rebook 205 Live, Tony, like, put it on YouTube where 205 Live deserves, not on national television.
2: It's funny that he's booking everybody in 205 Live, but not Buddy Murphy, who was maybe, like, the best person. I mean, other than, like, early times when you had, like, Pac and shit, but... Pac to uh, yeah. But, like... I was glad that he didn't bring in Buddy Murphy, obviously, but, like, Buddy Murphy's more interesting than fucking Tony Nese.
3: I, I mean, Tony Nese, like, the the interesting thing about Tony Nese is, like, him trying to do promos. Like, that's very funny to me. Like, I we've both watched enough Tony Nese promos to know that he's just someone that's just not, he, he's not good with the spoken word. So, like, that's very amusing, like, them keeping on trying this, but there's, like, no use. There's no use. And, you know, the fact that they're staying away from from, like, Buddy Murphy, you know, I mean, that tells you a whole lot there as well. I mean, yeah, uh, as we have going in the live stream right now, Thargo brings up a good point. Bobby Fish at least has the link to dance away. Like, if you're going to be getting these people, you have that at least. And it's not like you're getting, like, Mustafa Ali, Cedric Alexander, Kira Tozawa. You already have pack. So, like, what are you trying to do? Just collect, like, your complete box set of 205 Live at this point?
2: Uh, it's just uh, Aaron Taub text Mary there, and he's like, I think Tony's just Gabe-pilled. and I, That's the only explanation. Yeah. It's the only explanation. It's the only one, man. Yeah, man. All right. Uh, the Super Elite were backstage. Omega says it's almost Halloween, and teaming with Hanger was always like Halloween because he was cosplaying as a cowboy. But Kenny says he knows the real Hangman, and he knows that Hangman is a coward and scared of him. Decent. You know, I mean,
3: good thing kind of building up there. No hangman this week. So needing to have Omega kind of build up that foil there and to play into their history. And, you know, this accomplished what it's out to do. I don't think Omega's a great promo by any stretch of imagination, but I felt like that this, you know, line by line, I felt like this is perfect for the tone for the program. I thought this was really successful.
2: Yeah, the bad thing about it was they followed it up with this FTR pre-tape where FTR said the same stuff about Halloween and accused the Lucha Brothers of cosplay or accused other people of cosplaying, which also is funny because their whole gimmick is a cosplay. So that's like hilarious. But, you know, when you're Tony, if you're listening, when you're laying out the show, two things that are have the same stuff in them, you could you don't have to put them back to back. You can move them around the show. Uh, And this I don't think there was any reason this had to be early on. With uh, FTR. But anyway, they're building up to uh, the fact they pointed out that they lost AEW titles at full gear last year. So, you know, they're trying to build toward uh, getting a shot at full gear at the Lucha Brothers this year. You left out the most
3: important part was the uh, split screen of Alex Aberhontes showing off his battle scar and uh, and toughening up at this point. And, you know, if this means we're going to get Alex Aberhontes versus Tolly Blanchard, you know, like, that's the kind of thing I want to be seeing on my TV. I don't need Tony Nese. I want to be seeing 65-year-old Tolly Blanchard versus Alex Aberhontes. So let's go
2: down that road. Only if he does the too-fat gimmick.
3: (laughs) Uh, A certain website has disappeared, Aaron, since the emergence of it, so I don't know if we'll be
2: getting that. we got to see if we can get Abrahantes on the show just to talk about Too Fat.
3: I have a lot of questions about Northeast Pennsylvania indies in the 2000s, so yeah, absolutely.
2: (laughs) I was thinking about, as I often do, I was thinking about Everything Burns 2017 the other day. And I looked at the card, and I was trying to decide how many of those people we could book for a podcast to talk about everything Burns 2017. <laughs> and I think the answer is most of them. Basically, everyone who is not signed of WWE, I would say. We probably wouldn't even have to pay maybe any of them, but I'd, not not the, very much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd make sure everyone gets consideration,
3: you know, course, for the time. Of you course, of course. <laughs> It would be sad if we ended up paying them more than you know. Gay paid them for that uh, booking. But we could very easily
2: do that. I'm confident. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, still just brainstorming ideas for the five year anniversary of uh, FIP. Everything burns 2017, which is coming up soon. Then uh, we had the the Sting and MJF thing, which we talked about. The only thing you didn't uh, talk about was the reference to Lex Luger. So I was kind of hoping Lex would come out, but he didn't. Yeah,
3: no. Um, Reference to Lex Luger, uh, reference to cocaine, reference to incest. This was a wild MJF kind of thing. Like MJF actually, it was like completely insane, but in the right way for me in this segment.
2: We had Britt Baker backstage with Tony Schiavone. They announced that Britt versus Ty is going to be the full gear match. I was shocked to load up the rankings and find out that Ty was ranked number one all along. So uh, that was news to me. Did you
3: see... Do you see Aaron, they actually worked the ranking so everything makes perfect sense right now.
2: I know, brother. What a beautiful thing.
3: Yeah, the number one contender is getting the title shot. Two, three, four, get first rounds buys and a title tournament. It's almost like that things matter. Let's just don't talk about strength of schedule.
2: Yeah, the only thing that, (laughs) because I have to be irritated in some way, the only thing that irritated me was that they did all that great, you know, kudos to whoever put that together. But then when you look at the bracket, the matchups don't make sense. Like, just looking at this, like, oh, well, Sheeta and Deeb, like, if you're actually thinking about a 1 to 16 thing, Sheeta and Deeb wouldn't be matched up at the first part.
3: Yeah, no, Deeb would be a 9 seed. And then, you know, if you're saying that Hikaru Sheeta is the one, she would be going up against uh, Genocide.
0: <laughs> that would
3: be your 1 in 16 right there. <laughs> Yes. so a, a call up from Empower. You know what I mean? Like, I actually booked this right. Absolutely.
2: Uh, Brit. <laughs> apparently this feud is going to be about asses because Britt's promo was that Ty likes to show off her ass. So that means Britt wants to beat her up. And then Ty did a tweet where she's like, "Brit, even in, and she had screenshots of their action figures, and she said, even in action figures, your ass isn't bigger than mine. So this is just going to be a feud about asses, which speaks directly to me.
3: I, uh, I appreciate uh, Ty's posting. Ty has been posting very well for this feud. And the fact that now, like with Britt and her thing about the action figure, now Ty is like pointing out, well, your action figure isn't as cool as mine because mine actually shows off my ass. You're like, There's a lot of ways this can go down. And I think that they, they've actually built for this. Off of Rampage, pretty well for this, and you know, for someone like Ty, like this is like a big opportunity to have her, and what seems like that it's is the pay per view title match there, so I think that's big, you know, especially considering that like 16 months ago she was still in NXT.
2: Ty is also doing a thing where in the in the same uh, whatever the same thing as like DMD, she's doing no ass bridge. <laughs> which is very funny. And I I really like it. But, but the, my issue with this match, and I guess, you know, we'll talk about it when we get closer to full gear and we do our preview and everything is that you remember those seven women I mentioned earlier. None of them are in this match.
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, the thing that's going to make this work is that
2: uh, Ty is a shooter and you know, Shoot or shoot, like that's all we need. Ty's gonna. Well, Ty needs to bloody her up in like the first thirty seconds of the match. Brit's down for that. We know that. Like th- This
3: actually, like the fact that this, that this breaks your paradigm actually makes this match rule even more. You know.
2: Yeah, it's, it's got to be pump kick to the nose is like the first spot in the match, and then we just go from there. Just like an absolute brawl. Can we actually make this an
3: island death match? Yes. You know? Like, if we're talking in Nokiaism, we're going to go get them in that island in the Straits of Japan. They're, they're both going to have to row there. It's going to be lit exclusively by Tiki, by tiki Torches. And it, I guess, I, I've never watched the Island Deathmatch, but I assume they kept on going until one person couldn't get in their boat and go away.
2: That's exactly what the finish was. You're exactly right.
3: I, I understand enokiism, You should have me book your Nokiism <laughs> stuff, apparently. Just gutturally, I knew that that's what you should do. You, the person who can get in the boat and row away, Aaron, is the person yes. who wants the match, of course.
2: Absolutely. Speaking of great match finishes, uh, the TBS tournament match with Penelope Ford and Ruby Soho was next. Ruby won with a roll-up when Penelope was trying to get uh, the brass knuckles that the bunny threw her, and Rick Knox was trying to kick them away. I, I actually hated this. Just... Honestly, yeah. if I'm being honest, I hated it.
3: The brass Nux things and like they've never been very good at ref distractions in this company. Like more yeah. often than not, it comes off making everyone look a step slow and kind of dumb.
2: And like, so, why can't yeah. Ruby just beat people? She's beaten the bunny and Penelope with roll ups. Why can't she just beat them? Unless
3: someone, like, at that level of star power is, like, the role of queen, like, and just right. has, like, all kinds of flash pens, and it's like, oh, no, she's going for this flash pen, and this is the famous flash pen of of so-and-so. Like, like doing stuff like that, like, it just, it's just, like, one of the things, like, like the for one, like, the fact that, like, Penelope 4, I'm totally okay with this situation, but the ratings Goliath Bunny, at this point, you're just like, okay, like, what are you doing here?
2: Yeah, well, Banani ben- <laughs> is what I was about to say. Bunny and Penelope cornered Ruby after the match, but Red Velvet came out. Uh, Penelope and Bunny bailed, and this was setting up the Red Velvet Bunny first-round match for, for the TBS tournament. Uh, we had MJF and Spears backstage next. This was the Accountability Buddy segment. It happened. It was fine. Uh, Bobby Fish versus The Retrosexual. Retrosexual Anthony Green fish one with a kick of some sort. Uh, and yeah, fish attacked after CM Punk made the save. Yeah, yeah. LBO Leo and Dante were backstage with Tony Schiavone. Dante uh, looked like he'd seen a ghost. I mean, <laughs> he was very strange in this segment. And Leo basically was explaining to him that uh, Matt Seidel failed. And you know, they're not gonna be associated with him anymore. And Leo is gonna show uh, you know, basically why he's better than Matt Seidel, because he got them a tag match next week on Rampage against the Seidel brothers. Dante was displeased, to say the least.
3: The yoga monster is going to be on TNT television. Let's go. Coming making his return. I'm here for it. Like I Dante is great just reacting to Leo just being just like it, just being lbo Leo, it's it's fantastic. Like I, I'm kind of excited about this, mainly because I feel like this is a few that we could all kind of see the steps along the way and how it's going to, how it should pay off. And you know, the fact that this is a company that will take those steps that people are anticipating, you know, that makes me kind of excited about it. I think, and I think it's kind of wild that uh Leo Rush's first like contracted match for the company is going to be against Mike Seidel. Of course it <laughs> <would>. of course. <laughs>
2: All right, we got another eliminator match. It was Eddie Kingston versus Lance, Lance Archer. Eddie won with Lamahi Straw after Archer tried to do a moonsault, took a bad bump on his head and they seemed to just go home after that.
3: Yeah, this was fun beforehand. You know, I mean, we've seen this matchup a lot recently and, you know, like they work well together. They, they're willing to brawl and get bloody and just go insane. And just a bummer, like it, looked like archer like he had his arm out but it really didn't cushion or like does he landed dang on his head they kind of did a stall for a little bit and then uh dr samson was there and then they just went home with eddie with a lot of my straw just a bummer hopefully lance is all right out of this like that's really like the only takeaway i can make out of this aaron did you have anything else
2: no that's basically it i mean I don't know whether this was the plan, but Eddie versus Brian Danielson sounds fun to me. So I'm looking forward to it, at least. And yes, of course, I hope Archer is fine and everything's good. He said that he doesn't have a concussion. Don't know, but that's what he said. And hopefully he's good and back in the ring soon. Next was the uh, men of the year and Dan Lambert thing that we talked about off the top with Sammy and blah, 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 related to the inner circle American top team thing. Um, Ethan Page and Sammy Guevara getting, getting mic time on this episode of dynamite.
3: I mean, those are the, those are definitely two people in their units that would give a microphone to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: John Boxley had a a little backstage pre-tape. Uh, basically, the point of this promo was that he doesn't care about anything other than his daughter now, so he has to beat everyone so he can make it home to her safely, so he wanted everyone to know that he'll get them before they get him. Wait, did I, I say like that the, right? I think so. No,
3: you're good. You're good. I like the idea that John Moxley is like no longer like the pure baby face that he once was and a lot of it is based on the fact that he doesn't get a lot of sleep and he's very frustrated but he's trying to be a good dad i think that it, it was really effective and it, an interesting compare and contrast now that i'm like looking at a run sheet a very similar promo but done in a different manner happens not too far away from this one
2: okay but why doesn't moxley just quit then because his whole point here is i can't he has get- to provide he has to provide Okay, but he's made millions of dollars. Right. So, I mean, the, his, what he's saying is, I can't get hurt because I have to be able to be there for my daughter. Well, then maybe you should get a fucking desk job or whatever.
3: Maybe he's confident enough in his abilities that he's just going to take everyone else out before they get a chance to get at him so he doesn't need to quit.
2: <sighs> yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm concerned about this,
3: this okay, idea What here. desk job is going to be paying him the same price unless he's like the CEO or something?
2: Yeah, but I, I already think he doesn't need the money, so I'm not sure it matters. Or he can become, you know, a fucking agent or whatever for AEW. He can work backstage. I thought it was a good promo, but I think it's fine. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad promo. I'm just not sure that I understand the point he's making, I guess. He, he's going
3: to get them before they get him. I thought that was pretty clear. <laughs> like, I don't, it's, yeah.
2: I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Dark Orders backstage. Hangman comes in. I thought you said Hangman wasn't here this week, Mike. Here he is. We saw him on this very episode.
3: I space. I He he was like <laughs> here for like 20 seconds saying, he was. Hey, oh. uh, I appreciate that y'all care for me. And everyone yeah. cared. And that was kind of it for him. And he wants to team with him, I guess.
2: Yeah, he wanted to apologize. And he was just letting them know that if they're going to go after the elite, it's almost Halloween and they're definitely going to have costumes. So the Dark Order cannot be outdone. So God only knows what we're going to see next week on Dynamite. Then we got Jungle Boy versus Brandon Cutler. Jungle Boy won with the snare trap. Uh, then Jungle Boy gets on the mic. Wow, another promo that I was concerned about, but it it turned out well. He said that was a nice little warm up. Asked if there's anybody else in the Elite that wants to have a match next. No one comes out. He puts Cutler in the snare trap again. Then Adam Cole interrupts and challenges Jungle Boy. Comes down to the ring. Jungle Boy forearms him off the apron, but the Young Bucks attack him from behind. They brawl a little bit, and then they throw Jungle Boy off the stage.
3: I like this a lot. Uh, Jungle Boy, you know, taking that step forward. We, we, we had two mic workers that, you know, were a choice before this, but Jungle Boy, like, rose to the occasion. Like, that was a—it wasn't a complicated, like, post-match promo, but it was something that was nice to see, and the crowd responded, and it didn't didn't make anyone wince there. And then, you know, I just everything in, like, the post-match stuff, like, it's really building up to, like, the fact that now, like— the Elite have pissed off people on all sides now, and now everyone's going to want to get them, and we're going to see that probably pay out, play out over the next few months, and that's very exciting stuff. And now all of Jurassic Express, with the exception of Marco, Aaron, has been taken out. Which member of the Elite do you want to get a Marco Stunt match?
2: Hmm. Which member of the Elite versus Marco Stunt? Oh, obviously. Uh, the big Luke Gallows, dot Gallows. I thought that match has
3: already happened, but yeah. No, that's one. Number two, of course, Adam Cole.
2: Adam Cole versus Marco. That sounds fun. You know, if Bobby Fish wasn't on this show, my delete would have clearly been know all about the boom on this episode. Bullshit. Really missing out on the hottest theme in pro wrestling. (laughs) The hottest team in the business. The the hottest thing. (laughs) 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 <laughs> uh, just pop myself that means that was a whole week because he wasn't on rampage either so that's a whole fucking week with no all about the boom i i did put it in my notes
3: and bold know all about the boom during this thing Ugh. so i mean yeah i mean i'd be playing that thing as much as you play judas you know what i mean you play judas way too much way give us more of the
2: ruckus we want the ruckus people are saying that more and more each day bring the ruckus interesting on this show who had friends and who didn't? Like, CM Punk saved the retrosexual, but he did not save Sting. And they have a connection, and no one else came out to save Sting either.
3: I mean, look at AEW Chaos right now versus AEW uh, Hontai. AEW Chaos, you have Eddie Kingston, he was busy. You know, I mean, he had a match coming up right after that. Uh, you, you had John Moxley, who you know, sleep deprivation right now. Darby's injured. Like they need to start filling out the ranks there. I mean, CM Punk wants to be a member of AEW Chaos. He has to go out and save AEW Chaos member uh, Sting because we didn't get that.
2: I mean, the retrosexual gets saved. Ruby Soho gets saved. Yeah, but Sting doesn't, and Jungle Boy doesn't. Yeah,
3: uh, Christian though, Christian was not there for a reason makes sense he had to lose his title right and they had to do an impact thing afterwards but uh so you don't have him danielson had a match earlier he could have come out you know
2: but like there are people there that that should have had his back you're right where's his bros when he needs them i know uh miro had a pre-tape and he's mad that god is ignoring him yeah but he declares that he will become god's favorite champion again and he will, on the way, snap a thousand necks. And uh, the destruction that he does is on God.
3: Yeah, this is the promo that felt like was just like the inverse of John Moxley's promo because both of them just want to get home. Uh, they, they both are serving people. John Moxley's serving his daughter. And, you know, Miro is serving his wife and God. And he's mad at God right now. So having two very similar promos within 15 minutes of each other. But
2: solid they should do an angle where mox gets mad at his daughter uh, no <laughs> no <laughs> keep that the idea banks okay uh and wow how has this match not come up yet on this show it's like all <laughs> everyone hour... talked about we buried it till an hour 10 uh deep end of the show main event malachi black versus cody three cody wins with the Tiger Driver '98, <laughs> just as everyone expected,
3: Cody has a Tiger Driver '98 here. Uh, it's it's a Cody match where he got had the crowd back, like they're like did they didn't he? Lead it. I mean, he in was the getting crowd a reaction. Back in and Cody sucks. I mean, by the time Arn came out and all of that, when everything kind of like played off, the crowd were with it by the finish. Maybe not as hot as they probably intended, but I mean, if you compare this to where Cody was at
2: in the first or in the second match two completely different worlds i would say i'm not sure i agree with that i mean we did have some cody supporters there's no doubt about it you could hear some cody chants but it seemed like a malachi black crowd to me and and, and i felt like there were boos and just like a lack of reaction uh when he was the one who won the match you see i thought that
3: like for everything that this match was and how, like, they played off of it, the fact that Cody won with the Tiger Driver, like, that was just very back-to-basics for Cody. That was just, you know, Cody doing Cody things. And it's something that, like, I feel like we're going to be experiencing this for a long time with Cody now. That it's, like, some crowds, it's going to be left up to interpretation how one really responds to it. I, I thought this was a fine Cody match. I thought that this was... Not as fun as the first one, but had enough like chaos, like then the second one. Uh, not one of his best Cody matches, but I came away with this, going like, all right, this is what I expected. Black isn't hurt too much. Uh, Andrade comes out towards the end. You know, like it's, it, it accomplished what it set out to
2: accomplish without causing too much collateral damage, I would say. The match itself was good. It was all the shit that happened was fun. Like it was yeah. fun to watch for sure. I'm not sure it doesn't. You know, I did the whole thing on light about how Cody needed to have the babyface performance of his life, you know, to get the crowd behind him. And I, I don't think he did that. And I I don't think they didn't work out a story in this match to me that explained how Cody was able to beat Black. Like, he got his head kicked off. Malachi beat him again, but of course there was like Arn uh silliness. But then they did this whole thing of like the fucking Glock and, you know, Cody had to do something to Malachi because he deserved it. He had what was coming to him. And they did, like, a little bit of blood. I'm not sure Malachi's blood was uh, was intentional. But, yeah, I just didn't get, like, oh, yeah, they definitely told me this story of Cody finding this thing, and that's the way he was able to beat Malachi Black. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't like him, like, just,
3: like, shooting halves, you know, and, like, doing, like, amateur stuff. It was just... Like, maybe it's that I didn't expect it to be, like, truly, like, back to basics, even though the way they did it, because it's just, like, a, it's Cody. Like, his version of going back to basics is getting beat up and then wearing black tights. Like, just, he didn't have that yes reaction. I just don't know about Cody.
2: No, it was very reminiscent of when, uh, when John Cena got squashed by uh, Brock, mm-hmm. and then, like, the next week, I think he pin Bray Wyatt or whatever on, on raw, something like that. It's like, Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. I I mean, I kind of think they ended up, I mean, the the Cody thing, as I talked about on whatever show is untenable, like the way that they want to go with Cody or the way Cody wants to go with Cody versus the fact that he's just not the big star in the company anymore. So, you know, that's something that's going to have to be grappled with. Or it's going to be exactly what you're saying, where we'll just kind of see what reaction he gets week to week. That said, they kind of did almost just back into some bad luck where it's like, oh, the crowd just ended up loving Malachi Black, and that's just who he was paired with. And I'm not sure that that could have been foreseen from the beginning. Obviously, several weeks ago, it was obvious that that was uh, who the crowd was going to be behind. So they certainly could have changed tactics or you know switched what they were doing they decided to you know just go through with it anyway but i do agree that it didn't feel in the moment like it really hurt black even though uh, you know to me i'd rather him just beat a bunch of people for a long time yeah i guess it's the thing
3: is like it could have been a lot more damaging for black long term you know like just the way that you're kind of getting the lol cody gets his win back and it just kind of felt like I was like, all right, didn't harm him too much. I just with Cody and with like the fact that like how important of a piece he is in certain places and with certain partners, like it's just how do you adapt that and not like make it coincide with a change in him as a wrestler, you know, like or how much he wrestles. He doesn't wrestle as much as everyone, like a. It's not worth like going like oh he's all over TV he's really not all over TV it's just that there's a lot of advertisements they get advertisements a part of their programming for roads to the top of course they're going to advertise that because Cody is in that it's in their interest to do so I just don't know long term because he's not the star that he was or someone has come in as you aptly put that like what he was emulating you got the real thing now so what's his position now and. One would think that that would be like the perfect time for him to like come back as a heel, but he says he never wants to turn heel. So we're left in this lurch. Like, how do you have this person that does not seem that has the power to say I'm not going heel? Who you want to have him on TV because it's one of your big stars, even though not the biggest star that it once was. I don't know how you how this plays out. Like, this is very interesting, and I don't see a way out because what's going to happen in the next feud with Cody? Like, how do you book Cody coming out of this? You really like put him back in the TNT picture again, uh, tag teaming with Dustin. Like, there's really, it's really, du- it's really tough.
2: Well, you got to find someone that the crowd doesn't want to cheer for to put him against. You know, the the biggest problem here was that the crowd really loves Malachi Black, and so right. It just so happens that the, the, as I've argued many times on the show, the natural state of being for a wrestling fan is to cheer one of the persons or teams and boo the other one in the match. So if Malachi Black is good, then Cody is bad. And that's just how it is. So you got to, you're going to have to match him up with people who the crowd is going to want to see him beat. And, you know, that's, We'll see how, you know, this may have been may have been a one-off thing. You know, he's not going to be as big a star as he was before. But maybe against other people, the crowd is happy to cheer for him. So we'll see if that's true. If not, then you've got real problems that you got to start figuring out how you're going to handle it. So, I don't know. Uh, but the one thing we haven't mentioned is, as everyone said, we all thought he was about to do a pedigree to win this match. Yeah. It would have... <laughs> My reaction to this would be 100% different if he had won with a pedigree. I would have said it was perfect and he should be the champion immediately. <laughs> um, so, you know, very sad that he didn't finish him off with the pedigree instead.
3: Yeah, no. It, it, it's going to be what that next title feud... The next, not title feud, but the next feud is going to be with him to kind of really tell because, like, Malachi Black was an interesting case as someone that a lot more over than I think anticipated and a lot more positively over and not as a heel. So... Want we'll to see what's up next with him? Look, he's had some bizarre feuds. Now that I'm like saying back and thinking about the whole factory feud, like now, like it's just like one of those things. Now that we have some hindsight, I'm just like, Cody, man, like you are the square peg in a round hole, trying to figure out how you work right now.
2: Yes, uh, we're also we're going to talk about Rampage because uh, we usually talk about it on the Patreon on Saturdays, uh, but because of this saturday dynamite thing we had to do it a little differently Uh, so we will talk about rampage a little we'll normally talk about that over at patreon.com slash everything elite we do on there the weekly show called world tour where we talk about rampage we do a show called light where we preview usually dynamite talk about dark and elevation nate does the the vlog the bte quick hits and uh, we do that stuff every week then we do lots of other stuff. Mike, you just had a uh, part of your series called Mike's Tea Break, where you talked about uh, the reopening of wrestling in Japan.
3: Yeah, so as Japan is now reaching states of vaccination that completely makes America look so dumb considering when japan really geared that up there and the latest state of emergency expiring without the idea that they're gonna have a new one it seems like and there's supposed to be another uh, release coming out next few weeks that japan is moving towards the new normal and i spent time talking about all of the major promotions and like how things are and what we kind of expect coming out of it. with my own kind of bent towards things like there's certain things that like you don't really like expect me to necessarily be all in on certain things but you know it it was a fun time and people seem to like it so yeah that's up there and you know with everything getting back to normal next week we'll be back to our normal schedule i think
2: absolutely and yeah there's plenty of other bonus stuff we do of course next month we'll have a full gear preview Over there on the Patreon, we'll have a retrospective. I'm confident we'll look back at last year's Full Gear. That's what we usually do. And then we'll do an instant reaction show right after Full Gear, uh, where we talk about what just happened on Full Gear. Uh, That's normal stuff that we do. Uh, But we do, like what Mike's talking about with this tea break, just kind of whatever we want to talk about. Whatever we think is interesting or compelling or fun, we'll talk about it. I got something cooking that I don't want to talk about yet because I haven't recorded it yet. but. Yeah, we got that. And we have a Discord that's a lot of fun. So if you sign up, make sure you connect your Patreon with your Discord and join us and chat with us. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about Rampage real quick uh, from this week. We normally, we would usually do 30 minutes to an hour on Rampage, I would say. Uh, yeah, we, We're not going to do that right now because, nah. you know, it's out of date completely. Uh, but let's talk about, was there anything, well, I mean, quickly, we had Orange Cassidy, uh, beat powerhouse hobbs with a mousetrap we had uh the penta and the Ranas thing i was talking about earlier what pack made the save brit baker versus anna j where uh brit won and then we had pack versus andrade in the main event uh yeah so that's what happened but was there anything that stood out to you about rampage that you wanted to talk about
3: well, uh, Pac versus Andrade too was the best match of AEW's week, I would say, by a good margin. I felt like that this absolutely owned. It was something that, you know, apparently if you just have a match against Pac, you're going to have a great match in this company. Who would think that one of the uh, better wrestlers of his generation would have great matches with everyone? You know, that that's a big shocker. Now he's two for two with Andrade. This was just, like, these two guys just work well together, like, like it just was a whole lot of fun. Like the inside cradle finish, you know. I mean, you're saving, you're protecting everyone there. Like that's totally fine with that, especially considering that you know, Pac and Andrade. This could have been a match, like a play-in match for the uh, Eliminator tournament, and that could have been like a nice little thing. But they're holding off on this. Uh, the fact that Andrade made a big point of saying that he has friends across the world, and that just meant that you know his former major, his former manager's uh, husband is h- out to help. <laughs> And <laughs> the back, and then Cody saving Pack, which is just like a wild note to end the show on. Just and the crowd was going nuts there for that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, fun hour. Uh, I I feel like I might have been a little bit higher on Britt Baker and Anna Jay than the rest of everyone. And then I mean, Orange Cassie versus Powerhouse Hobbs. We had some uh interestingly taped time uh referee stuff into the finish. That I mean, it was all fine.
2: I would say <laughs> the the thing with. The main event and Cody getting cheered for the save was so interesting because the crowd, even though they were pro Malachi Black, they did not like seeing Pac getting ganged up on there. And so they really, they were happy when Cody came out to save him. So mm-hmm. uh, there, there's a lesson to learn. I mean, the lesson to learn may just be that Pac is a bigger baby face than Cody. <laughs>
3: I mean, Aaron, how many times have I said, like, each time I go to an AEW show, I'm surprised by how much more over Pac is than his push?
2: Oh, yeah. Pac like, is def- definitely more over than his push. 100%. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I, more over than Cody. That's insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's super insane. Uh, yeah. So that was fun. The match was fun. I liked the first one better between them two, but I was also there live. So that may have affected my sure enjoyment. I already talked about Britt Baker and Anna J uh You know, it was just you saw Anna having to go three quarter speed to get through some segments in the match. Right. You know, she just wasn't capable of doing it at full speed, which is not a criticism of her. It's a criticism of the layout of the match. And they, you just don't do those segments, uh it, and, those sequences. It, I've been saying segments all show, but sequences <laughs> is, is what I mean. You don't do those sequences because she can't do them yet, and which she's under a hundred matches <laughs> as a yeah. pro wrestler. It's fine. <laughs>
3: It, and it's also something that I mean, this was I'm trying to think. She's had some other matches on YouTube content, but this was like her first like big singles match coming back, and it's still not getting a, a lot of time in the ring for her at this stage. You know, I mean, it kind of was set up to be that way. You know, like of course it was worked at that speed because you've not set them up to succeed. You know, I mean, did, it, did the the big thing I took away from it's like, all right, the the portions that I could tell like that Anna like that they slowed down for. And it looked fine. He just was slow. I could tell that's like, all right, everything's like really thought. they like, Anna Jay has something. Like she is a future, like huge superstar there. Just like the fact that in a lot of ways, everything worked in a way that sometimes with those kind of matches with Brit, they feel a little awkward when it's not like exactly as planned. This one it just was, oh, this is going a little slow. And I came away really impressive Anna in that aspect, which you wouldn't think I would be, but I, I find the good in things. Apparently, Oh,
2: yeah, it it definitely didn't make me out on Anna as like a, a future star. I still think she's got just about everything that she needs to be a huge star. I mean, I just I pulled up her cage match quickly, and I, I think they may be missing some like very early stuff of hers, but she's only got 26 matches on cage match. Wow. <laughs> I mean, and that is mm-hmm. 21 in AEW. So we know that's right. So she's wrestled 21 matches in AEW, period.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, she's not getting the ring time necessarily to, like, build back up, like, the cardio or, like, the comfortableness right. to, like, pull off those things. Yeah, I know So, she of course, misses, this is going to be this way.
2: Yeah. I know she missed, what, eight months, you know, so that's hard <laughs> you know she would have yeah. gotten more matches in that time but uh you know just put her in a position to succeed is, is all i'm asking for and then the the opener the orange cassidy and, and powerhouse Hobbs match Hobbs was so fucking good in this like mm-hmm. pulling out the torture rack i thought that was sick and when they did torture rack on friday and then mentioned lex luger on saturday i was like is lex coming in what, what are we doing with lex here i know he's he's busy doing his like you know religion stuff or whatever i think on twitter but uh would love yeah i just i like lex so that'd be nice but this was great finishes whatever i guess i would just have rather seen hobbs win but yeah it, i'm not mad about it
3: yeah no this would have been like a nice fun upset if hobbs won over orange cassie orange cassie as i said on light this week would he only thing orange Cassidy has to do to like get himself back over is just have his music a hit. So like this was cuter than theirs, but I thought Hobbs looked great here in this. It just was kind of the, the referee stuff towards the end. It was clear what they were doing with that. And I just kind of rolled my eyes and went along with my day.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, next week on dynamite, they're going to be in Boston. We've got the dark order versus the elite in an Atomico's match, TNT title, Sammy Guevara versus Ethan page, the TBS tournament, hikaru versus serena deeb the eliminator tournament john moxley versus 10 and cm punk versus bobby fish it's a weird show (laughs) (laughs) i i mean there's a lot happening
3: on like the surface when like you look at the rest of it you're like all right mox versus 10 like this match will go 10 minutes even though it really shouldn't go 10 minutes there punk versus fish is happening I guess. And then the rest of this stuff, like I like look at this and they still have that one match in reserve, I guess, to fill out things, but none of these matches. Well, like Mox versus 10 should probably be the shortest match on the show. Maybe, but it's not going to turn out that way. It's just, it, it's an interesting lineup. Like what, do you, who do you have main event here? Is it CM Punk or is it dark order versus the elite? Or is it the title match? Like there's a lot of ways to go with this.
2: Hmm. I don't know if you can main event with Sammy Guevara versus Ethan Page. Not sure that's gonna work out. I I'd probably just do the Atomicos match as my main event. Yeah, you probably I'm guessing they start off with punk, close with the Atomicos, but you could also do that inverse and it'd be fine too. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Interesting lineup. Kind of need another like tag match,
2: I would say. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm not that excited. <laughs> but maybe I'll feel better uh next week. You can find out on light next Wednesday morning whether I, I've regained my excitement for the show. And then <laughs> Rampage next week. Uh we've got Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston. And then uh the Seidel brothers versus Leo Elbio, Leo Rush and Dante Martin.
3: Yeah, I think that like Eddie versus Danielson, there's a lot there to like. Did you catch the little promo that they did before this or during no. Road to the Top? Some people
2: talking about it, but I haven't watched it yet.
3: It, it's really solid stuff. A lot of people are thinking that it's like Danielson, it's like planting seeds for a heel run. I think Brian Danielson is just naturally a tweener, so of course he's going to say that. And, you know, Eddie is going like, I'm just trying to chill here, but I'll see you on Friday, and we'll see what's up about you thinking that I can't wrestle you because I, I've i not been in good shape my career. so.
2: It was good stuff. All right, looking forward to it. So we'll cover that also on the Patreon. And other than that, uh, we'll be back next week, as we always are. F- but it will be on a normal schedule. So this show will come out on Wednesday. N- or, you right, know. Wednesday. We'll Wednesday record it Thursday. Wednesday night, so it'll probably mm-hmm. come out on Thursday. So make sure uh, you check us out. We're on Twitter at everything AEW. I'm at Aaron like the car. Mike is at Fuji Heya. Nate is at Epitasis. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, give us a five-star rating and review. And if you want to support the show, uh, the best ways to do so are to go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code ELITE or go to patreon.com slash everything elite and sign up. For Mike, for Nate, I'm Aaron. We'll see you next week.